It's now time for the Billy C Show, part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Talking Boxing with Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay. Today's show uh, is the Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. post-fight show. Scheduled to join me in a little bit uh, is my man Dax Khan and, of course, my man Alex Papali. Um, I I just want to say this, you know, um, I love Mike Tyson. And uh, like everyone else, I wanted to see the fight, and I bought it. Um, so before I get into the fight, my opinion, and of course we'll hear uh, uh, Dax's and, and Alex's a little bit later, but he, here's my thoughts, my initial thoughts. Number one, put the fight aside for a second. The, <clears throat> the production of the event... Um, was decent in terms of the the picture, the view, the, the what we got to see, the way the ring was set up, the lighting. Um, I I, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. it. It it had like a kind of a three D effect to me. Um, it just you know no audience, no crowd. Uh, so you know they have to do something to make it uh, uh, a viewing a, a pleasurable viewing. So that's number one. Uh, so I didn't mind that. Number two, um, never liked the mixture of uh, music uh, and, and and boxing, okay? I, you either go to a concert, you want to go to a rap concert, you go to a rap concert, or hip-hop, whatever you want to call it, you go, you go to the concert, right? You're not going to buy, uh, and they've tried it before, Rock Nation did it, um, I, you know, you're not going to buy a pay-per-view to watch the acts. I'm not. Uh, I don't know if you are, but I'm not. Uh, so, I, you know, although, uh, you know, it could be somewhat entertaining, I, you know, the truth of the matter is, is this, you know, I tune into a fight. I want to see a fight. I want to see everything involved with the fight. Uh, if I'm going to see a little, um, you know, back, back history of the fighters or, or their training regimen or something like that, fine. You know, but do I want to see a, a, a hip hop, rap, country, western, uh, rock and roll, whatever, um, I, you know, uh, perform in between battles? No, I don't. I, I'm sorry, I don't. Okay, maybe it's just me showing my age. I don't know. But there's no mixture with that. That's that's number two. Number three, the broadcast team. Okay, um, Mario Ronaldo, as anyone that's ever watched this show knows, I can't stand the guy. He's the worst announcer ever in my opinion um he tries to make it uh, about him although he seemed a little controlled uh last night i i think it was <laughs> to tell you the truth i think he was just in as much awe as as most of us were uh about the whole situation of mike tyson fighting roy, roy jones jr um I, I sugar ray leonard uh is a hall of famer one of the greatest fighters of all time uh, you could say what you want uh, about uh, um, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, 
But to me, he was one of the greatest. He never ducked anyone. He fought the toughest fights out there. He purposely made the toughest fights for himself. And, uh, you know, he's going to go down in, in history. He's already in history, but uh, forever, as at least in my opinion. I hope the younger people don't uh, forget uh, all the accomplishments and the fights that he fought uh, during his career. With that said, he's a boxing purist. You know, I know Sugar Ray Leonard. I, I've met him several times, have extensive conversation with, with the guy. Um, he loves the sport of boxing. He was also a great businessman. I couldn't help but but notice his lack of commentary, his lack of, of unless they pride him. I think he was sick to his stomach at what he was watching. You know, the other fights, the previous fights to Mike Tyson, Roy Jones, uh, a couple were entertaining or whatever, uh, but they, none of them were. You didn't buy this pay-per-view for any of those matchups. Even Bado Jack, um, you know, should have made quick work of, of his opponent. You know, and to have uh, uh, a YouTube guy, Jake Paul, uh, be in the co-main event on a pay-per-view. This is the second one, by the way. Uh, and then to have him referred to as the professional versus uh, the, the pro-debuting former basketball star, Nate Robinson, um, I, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. And then you sprinkle in Snoop Dogg. Now, I happen to like Snoop Dogg, all right? Um, and, and at first, I, I was getting sick to my stomach with his commentary, uh, his opinions and stuff. Um, but it was comical. And I think it, 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 was, it had its place, to be honest with you. I thought it had its place. Um, so with all of that said, uh, you know, I, what do I score the production of that uh, uh, event, if you want to call it that, last night? Um, I don't know, out of 10, uh, maybe maybe five. I'll give them five. I think that the music in between killed it for me. I, I, think, I, I think that there's no room for that in a, in a pro boxing uh, uh, event. Now, granted, a lot of things have uh, uh, changed with, with COVID-19 and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and ironically enough, uh, they picked the referee, Corona. I, I love that. Anyway, let's talk about the fight. Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. Mike Tyson. Listen, Mike Tyson was my, one of my favorite fighters uh, of all time. Uh, in recent times, I, I say recent, even though he hadn't been in the ring for almost 20 years. Um, you know, I, he, he was an event. Mike Tyson was an event, just like it was last night. Uh, Mike Tyson, there hasn't been another fighter like Mike Tyson um, because he's got the ability to do exactly what he did last night. I don't know what the numbers are going to be, um, but I guarantee you they're going to be pretty high. Uh, and the reason is because Mike Tyson, um, love him or hate him, you want to see him. And people tuned in to see him knock out Roy Jones Jr. Um, it didn't happen. But what we did see and, you know, put all of the vi training video clips and all of that, put that aside. You know, I kept getting, people kept emailing me clips. Oh, check it out. He looks great. He's a bruiser. Oh, 54. Oh, bop, bop, beep, bop, boo. You know, and, and the truth of the matter is, is this. Yeah, for his age, I mean, I'm pushing 60, you know, so for his age to be in that kind of shape, I give him credit. I give him credit for going uh, eight rounds, two minutes or not. Um, same with Roy Jones. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's 54 years old. Uh, is he going to contend for, for a title? Uh, you know, he made no mistake of, of saying that he's not going back for real. He, he does these uh, events. He's going to continue doing these types of events, which he called charity. I don't know what 
is the charity part. I know he got a guaranteed ten million for the fight. Roy Jones got one. Um, you know, does that mean he's gonna donate half of his his purse to charity? I don't know. You know, I mean, if they got a million uh, pay per views, that's forty nine million dollars. Uh, for they charge forty nine, uh, I guess fifty million, forty nine ninety five, or whatever they charged. Um, you know, ten of that goes to Mike Tyson. So. Uh, I, I don't know the, the ins and outs of that, that whole thing, but uh, the fight itself, Mike Tyson looked good for a 54-year-old. I'll tell you something right now. Um, Mike Tyson displayed something to me immediately in that fight that we have not seen since Mike Tyson. No, it wasn't the, the aggression. Uh, it wasn't the, the beautiful body work he was doing. Now, I say beautiful because I'm putting it in perspective with the fighter that he was fighting against, another 50-plus-year-old fighter. Um, but uh, uh, Mike Tyson did something that is a fundamental part of the sport of boxing, and he displayed it last night with ease, and something that I have seen fighters today, top fighters, that they don't do. And you know what that was, boys and girls? Cutting off the ring. Mike Tyson was able to cut off the ring. Roy Jones Jr. had no problem running around and wanting to make it um, you know, a, a, a hold, clinch hold, land a couple of shots, whatever. Um, but Mike Tyson made it difficult for Roy to do that um, because he knows how to cut off the ring. He cut off the ring and he inflicted power. We heard Roy Jones after the fight say, listen, this guy punches hard, whether he's landing on your arms, your, your midsection, your face, whatever, they hurt, you know. Um the scorecards, I mean, come on. Vinny Paz, uh, you know, I, I can't believe. Who is it? Christy Martin? You know, Christy Martin has lost her mind. Christy Martin is, is, a, is a shim sham. You know, I can't believe that, that she was even brought in. Okay, maybe because she was a woman. I don't know. Is she a woman? I don't even know what she is anymore. But the truth of the matter is, is this. You know, Christy Martin is a clown. Um, and... Uh, I, I don't know what she knows, if she knows how to score a fight or whatever. And Chad Dawson, I don't know how, maybe he was the last one on the list. I don't know how he managed to get in there. But Chad Dawson, Christy Martin, and Vinny Paz, my man, Pazienza. Um, we didn't see what the scorecards looked like. But they scored it a draw? I mean, was that already set up? Because there's no way the fight was a draw. I mean, let's give credit with credit's due. Mike Tyson won the fight. Okay, is it a real win? Maybe because it was an exhibition that nobody's ever going to get a win. Maybe they're all going to be draws. I don't know. But, I mean, really, uh, you, know, uh, the, you know, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is, uh, come on, man. You know, I, let's give the man credit. Mike Tyson won that fight. He was the aggressor. He landed the more uh, powerful blows. It, it, did they not score any of the body work? Vinny Pazienza, I, I'm, I'm shocked that he would uh, even uh, score a fight close enough that would end up a draw. I can't even see Christy Martin not scoring the fight uh, for, uh, uh, for Mike Tyson. Chad Dawson, eh, maybe. Maybe he, sc maybe he scores it for Roy. I don't know. Uh, but, but Christy Martin, uh, even, even with half her faculties uh, and Vinnie Paz, uh, how that fight ended up uh, to be uh, uh, a, a draw is beyond me. I think... The reason they did that 
was strictly because they didn't want to have a, a winner uh, or a loser, maybe. I don't know. I, you know, give everybody a trophy mentality? I don't know. Do I want to see Tyson again? Yeah, I do. I would like to see him again. And I'd like to see him fight the same kind of fighters that he fought last night in Roy Jones. Somebody comparable to him in age. Um, Roy Jones, you know, interesting fact, Roy Jones only fought three years ago, three or four years ago. Um, so, I mean, I would have thought that he was in the better shape, uh, but it appeared that Mike Tyson was. And I got news for you, Mike Tyson looked pretty good uh, for a 54-year-old. Um, he did look like he was landing some, some powerful shots. Uh, could he handle a top 10 uh, fighter today? No, uh, I doubt very much. Uh, that he could, um, but uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. I, I don't know if it was worth fifty bucks, to be honest with you. You know, I, the whole sport of boxing has turned me off. Um, you know, I, just some other fights. I mean, uh, one of the biggest fights that kind of flew under the radar was a uh, heavyweight fight over in England. Uh, Joe Joyce beats uh, Daniel Dubois, uh, which uh, kind of surprised me. I, I, I thought Daniel Dubois would would stop uh, Joe Joyce. Uh, but nay, nay, uh, Joe Joyce uh, did what he needed to do, breaking him down and then knocking him out. Uh, so there was no, uh, there was no uh, question about uh, who won the fight. Uh, so I, I, a lot of credit uh, to, to Joe Joyce. But again, this just shows you how fighters of today are brought up and um, they don't get a chance to hone their skills correctly because all they're doing is being coddled until they get to a big fight. I give both these fighters, Dubois and Joe Joyce, uh, a lot of credit uh, for fighting each other. That is not the case here in the United States. You gotta go to England. You gotta go across the pond uh, to see uh, real fights uh, like this, uh, where you have two guys on the way up. I mean, both of these guys were rated in the top 15 of all the major uh, sanctioning bodies. Daniel Dubois uh, actually uh, ranked uh, uh, at number seven uh, in uh, the WBC and number two in the WBO. Uh, devastating loss for him for his rankings and his potential title shots. Uh, so uh, that's that. And then uh, in a fight the other night, uh, Daniel Jacobs, you know, Daniel Jacobs was a fighter that I, I really liked. Uh, I, and, and then I kind of veered away from him a little bit. Um, and then I was ringside for his fight against uh, 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 Canelo Alvarez. And, um, you know, the truth of the matter was, was I, 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 I kind of, I thought that, that Daniel Jacobs was about to really bust out. Um, he fought a smart fight against Canelo, uh, but and and he's you know he got rid of that that bum trainer that he had for the longest time. Um, but all of a sudden he's fighting so cautiously now, and, and he's demonstrated that he can take a shot. I mean that was the knock on him that you know he had a, a suspect chin or whatever. Um, but he's demonstrated that he can take a good shot. Uh, but he's just not fighting exciting. And he's made it clear that he doesn't care about uh, that. He just cares about winning. Now, he fought a guy that I love, Gabe Rosado. Uh, love fight. I love watching Gabe Rosado fight. This is a guy that, that actually moved up a couple of weight class. I mean, his best fights were at junior middleweight. Uh, he's fought at middleweight. And this fight was at uh, super middleweight. Um, 
And he did his own. He did everything. He held his own in this fight. Uh, it wasn't an exciting fight by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but on one of the scorecards, uh, Rosado won 115-113. And the other two uh, judges had the same score for Jacobs. I just think that uh, Daniel Jacobs should have uh, fought a, a, a better fight, in my opinion. Uh, I thought he, it should have been an exciting fight. He, No disrespect to Gabe Rosado, but he's got way better skills uh, than Gabe Rosado. And uh, uh, he should have uh, uh, put them on display, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, anyway, Mike Tyson uh, looking uh, looking decent uh, last night uh, for sure, uh, in, at least uh, in, in my opinion. Um, I, I just, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I was disappointed uh, with the uh, scorecards, to be honest with you. Um, I, I really thought that... Uh, uh, that the fight was was Mike Tyson's. I mean, uh, I, I didn't think it was close, to be honest with you. Um, and I was extremely disappointed uh, that they did that. Um, you know, so the, the truth of the matter is, is um, you know, I, I'm just wondering if they did that uh, because everyone gets a trophy or whatever. But uh, uh, I just want to point out, I, I'm going to have Dax Khan come on here in a second, but... Uh, having Dax Khan join us right now is being brought to us by uh, the Southern Gourmet Spice uh, Company. Now, you guys know I talk about uh, Kenny Bear's Barbecue uh, Rub, which uh, I, I'm kind of, I, I, I'd be lying if I said I'm not addicted to it, uh, but I am. Uh, you should get yourself uh, a bottle of that. But the, even better than that, uh, he's got two new ones out. Uh, his uh, all-purpose salt and my favorite, my new favorite, the, Kate, the Black and Cajun Spice. Uh, check it out, www.southerngourmetspice.com. Make sure you tell him Billy C sent you. Joining us right now with his thoughts on Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. pay-per-view, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Good morning, Billy C. How are you? I'm doing okay, my man. How are you doing? I can't complain. Nobody listens when you do, right? <laughs> This this is true, but you know, but sometimes I'll complain, but not all the time. But yeah. anyway, uh. so the best the best ways to complain is in private, so you can actually get commentary from yourself, you know, because nobody wants to listen, you know. So yeah, I hear and that you. brings up a whole new set of issues. Then you got to sit later on and wonder why you're talking to yourself, and you know, it's just, just you know, it's better than just say nothing. You know what I, I I find doing it in the car works, bro, because nobody can nobody can uh, you know criticize you. You can you can have an argument back and forth and. Either way, you win. You know, it's safe, you know? <laughs> but uh, anyway, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. last night. What's your thoughts? Well, put it this way. First, no matter how sales went for this event, um, it was great for boxing. I don't know what a lot of people thought. I've listened to your comments before. You know, with 2020 being hard as it's been for everyone and everything, and boxing being no different, this created excitement. Even if it was just for talking speculation for fans leading up to the event, you know, there's these continuous uh, myth matchups that uh, fans talk about. We've done them on the show. Um, Tyson versus Jones has been one of those that we have done or many fans have done you know tyson at 55 hasn't stepped in the ring in 15 years roy jones at 51 his last fight was in 2018 um you know neither one have faced a top caliber opponent in 
you know, before their last fight in quite some time, you know, and that's no uh, insult to Kevin McBride or Scott Sigmund. It's just, you know, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones that when we think of them, we always think of them in their prime as, as these, you know, sensational superstars, and we forget how old they are, and, you know, there was no reason to think that they should have went, you know, three-minute, uh, 10 three minute rounds with eight ounce gloves and you know uh, there was going to be some sort of highlight real performance that one of them was going to use to maybe um, you know get themselves into a, uh, a you know a fight with a, you know a big name um, you know I think the forty nine ninety nine price was great for my opinion no the the card in its entirety you know was not pay-per-view worthy but it was fun for fans you even had um future ufc hall of famer daniel cormier on um twitter he's tweeting out this is 2020 i'm about to watch mike tyson and roy jones box this is crazy you know mike's gonna get a close to 10 million dollars he's gonna donate uh most to charity roy jones is gonna get three million he's gonna do uh, the same uh this allowed fans to speculate uh who would have won when in their primes you know this allowed fans to speculate um what would have happened if maybe Roy Jones had stepped up earlier and faced Mike Tyson instead of John Ruiz? You know, so a lot of good things came about this, and with not, with you know boxing not getting the attention that it needed in 2020 and 2021, it's very unsure. We don't know you know what's to come in 2021. How's boxing going to return? Are we going to get back to some sort of normality? Um, when you go and you ask people in one year, two years, three years, or five five years what is the one thing you remember most about boxing in 2020 and i guarantee the three answers are going to be tyson fury demolishing deontay wilder just before the covid19 pandemic hit the united states teofimo lopez upsetting vassal lomachenko and the mike tyson roy jones jr exhibition you know and that's great it's funny you say that but if you ask uh, a majority of people i bet you mike tyson roy jones is the first one they say you know, Probably. because because you gotta you gotta ask specific boxing fans to even. I hate to say this, but it, it, you know, you bring up a, a a really good point about a great fight in Tiafimo Lopez versus uh, Lomachenko. I, unless you're a diehard boxing fan, you don't even know who those guys are, and that's sad. And that's sad. Uh, but that's what boxing has has become. And uh, you know, a couple of things I said earlier. First of all. I'm glad you corrected me. For somewhere, uh, somewhere I, I read that Jones was only getting a million, and Tyson was guaranteed ten. So uh, if you're, if you're, I'm sure you're sure that he made the three million, which is good. That that makes me feel a little better for Roy. Um, but uh, uh, first and foremost, I, I, I said earlier, and I, I don't know when you tuned in. I actually uh, started a little earlier than I thought. But the truth of the matter is, is the one thing I noticed about Mike Tyson in this fight that I haven't seen, Dax. And I know you and I have talked about this off air uh, over the years, but um, it was so obvious to me. Mike Tyson cuts off the ring. I, I, you know, I mean, I see these champion fighters, or, or at least fighters that have championship belts around their waist, that don't even know how to do that. What's your thoughts on the fact that it just came so naturally to Mike? And I, I guess you got to credit Customato for that way back when. Well, I guess. Um we get this vision as fans, whether or not we're commentators or, um, you know, just general fans, you know, which, which we all are. That's how we get involved in this is uh, we get this thought inside our head about certain fighters that this is all they can do. Mike Tyson, always we had the image that, you know, he's just this go out 
go after knockout kill machine and a lot of times we forget the early Mike Tyson when he used to come out and he had such a great style that custom model style matter of fact we have a young girl named Faye who uh, just recently turned pro and she fights out of that Catskill uh, custom model boxing gym with George and she comes to our gym for sparring and she uses that same exact style and she looks just like a young Mike Tyson but you know it's a style that's meant for a younger fighter stronger more explosive fighter but you know custom model make no mistake he taught all his fighters you know the complete skill set you know so again you know just like with Roy Jones when we think of Roy Jones everybody thinks of the super middleweight version of Roy Jones that had such incredible reflexes that you know were mesmerizing and then when we seen him you know 10 years later that Roy didn't have those reflexes all of a sudden people are disappointed they're saying oh he was exposed he was you know um, wasn't as good as everybody thought he was hey you know something father time is undefeated for a reason but on the other hand with Roy Jones and take Bernard Hopkins, for example, and I always say this, that, you know, um, to reiterate on how great Roy Jones' natural ability was, Bernard Hopkins had so many different aspects to his game, even though Roy beat him in their first meeting, Bernard was successful at a higher level for so long because Bernard was a smarter boxer. Well, but Roy, Roy Jones was just a, a, a smart boxer. There's no question about that. I just think Bernard Hopkins was more... I don't know. Wow. Wow, that could right, be a whole Roy, show. Roy relied more on his speed and reflexes, where Bernard had to rely on, you know, uh, on ring smarts. And, you know, certain things, you know, don't leave a fighter as they get older. You know, the speed will leave, the timing will leave, but, you know, ring smarts won't leave, Bill. Experience doesn't leave. No, you're you're right. I I guess I didn't understand your point at first, but but I tell you what, what an what an ex- that's a show in itself to discuss the two careers uh, that you just mentioned, Roy Jones Jr. and B Hop, because um, although they're both great fighters, totally different uh, styles and the way they approach the sport. And it's funny you say that because Roy Jones was fighting exactly like the middleweight and super middleweight version of J- Roy Jones Jr last night against Mike Tyson, and, you know, he still had some some speed. He still was trying to fight smart in terms of uh, not letting Mike uh, get to him. But, again, Mike Tyson's ability to cut off the ring, get inside, work the body, um, I thought he won the fight pretty easily. What's your thoughts on the, the uh, draw aspect? I was okay with it. Um, I liked what Roy Jones had said in his post-fight interview when they were like, are you, are you happy with the draw? And, uh, well, first Mike said, are you happy with the draw? Mike said, you know, I'm happy that the fans were, were happy. Uh, you know, hope we're hopefully happy. And Roy said, no, I'm not happy with that because uh, I don't do draws. Uh, but on, you know, the other hand, we really didn't want to see, I don't know, you know, what did really anybody expect? I didn't want to see, um, you know, a one-sided blowout. I didn't really want to see either one of these guys get knocked out. I didn't see, want to see anybody get hurt, me personally. And I just took it for what it was, entertainment value. I think a lot of people, Bill, looked too deep into this. It was entertainment value, and it was actually built up brilliantly when they started five, six months ago with the um, the little clips of Mike Tyson hitting uh, the, the mitts. And, and again, it was a short little clip. Neither one of them looked as good in the ring as they did in the pre-fight uh, build-up and pictures that were taken at certain angles and that, you know, so 
you know, in the end, you know, long story short, Bill, I just thought it was great for the sport. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I thought it was something, you know, to uh, keep boxing, you know, a little bit relevant in 2020, in a year that's been hard all over the world. You know, Bill, just to go on that, remember something, boxing is, the beauty of boxing is that it stands the test of time. You know, the first million dollar gate was just as the Roaring Twenties was starting to um, hit full effect in 1923, I think it was. And then we had the Great Depression when everybody was out of work. You know, times were a whole lot tougher than they are right now. But you know something? We had guys like uh, um, Tony Canzoneri. We had Maxie Rosenblum. We had Benny Leonard, Barney Ross. We had Kid Chocolate. Guys that were out there fighting. And even though people had no money, they managed to tune in. Not on TV, but I'm saying uh, 10 Live. Um, you know, it kept their minds distracted from the daily struggles. And it kind of, you know, it gives people, including grown-ups, somebody to aspire towards and say, you know something, if this guy can do it during this hard time and they can uh, progress and move forward, I can too. And that's something that's always been beautiful about boxing because boxing has shown it can survive the toughest times, which encourages a lot of people. They can survive the toughest of times. Mike Tyson didn't need this fight. Roy Jones didn't need this fight. They did it for the fans. It was a lot of excitement, and I'm happy with it. You know, as far as a draw goes, you know something? It was a draw. Really, did did, did we want to see anybody get knocked out? Did we want to see anybody get hurt? What would the um, uh, benefit have come to see somebody uh, winning on a one-sided, um, uh, you know, one, one-sided shutout? You know, r- really, can you explain to me what, what would have made that what would have made this event any better if something like that would have happened? Two things. Uh, one, you're 100% right. The history of boxing, um, during the worst economic times, boxing has always been uh, the, the best. Um, they, you know, have succeeded uh, with that, and it's, it's something that, uh, uh, it's something that uh, is, is pretty remarkable. As far as the not, the lack of knockout, I, I noticed Mike going a lot more for the body. Maybe he wasn't trying for a knockout to the head. Uh, you know, he wouldn't have minded uh, seeing Roy Jones go down from a broken rib or something. But I do disagree. I do think that there's a lot of people uh, that uh, were looking for the knockout. They were expecting a knockout. What do you got? A green screen now? What are you, what are you getting all fancy? You know, I, I am. I'm, I'm getting fancy. I'll tell you what, man. I, up in this world. You certainly are. You certainly yeah. are. I wish I could show your uh, your your studio right now, and we'll work on that uh, moving forward. But uh, uh, but yeah, I, I do think people were. I think there were people that tuned into this fight that were expecting a knockout. But uh, uh, anyway, listen. I wanted to ask you your thoughts. We got another big fight coming up next week. Um, the only the only thing, um, just real quick. Um, the only part that. I was saying that the negative on this is is that, you know, we have heard some other fighters talk about making comebacks, legitimate comebacks, one being Oscar De La Hoya, who hasn't fought in 12 years, and we know how, you know, how that did not end well for him. And of all people, he calls out Gennady Golovkin. Um, you know, Oscar has always uh, called out the best, but, you know, that was one thing about this whole thing that kind of worried me is how many of these guys that have been out of the ring 10, 12 years are going to come back and, you know, is this going to kind of be a regular type thing and, you know, 
not everybody by just by mentioning their names, you know, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones automatically creates a buzz. You know, you're going to get some guys out there, you know, they make this comeback and it's not going to be such a buzz. It's going to be a really dreadful affair. And, you know, and if Oscar De La Hoya should come back, you know, maybe try somebody like uh, Jose Antonio Rivera, who I know is available in more uh, Oscar, you know, size and age rather than Golovkin, who would have massacred Hop, uh, De La Hoya even when he was a middleweight back in uh, when he fought Bernard Hopkins, let alone nowadays. So that's just one thing in this that, that concerns me about this whole thing is uh, seeing a lot of these boxers starting to come out of the woodwork because they feel that they can rejuvenate their career. They, I think it's more like, for, in Oscar's case, I think it's more like rejuvenate Golden Boy promotions. Uh, mm-hmm. And I also think that um, you know, a, a lot of these fighters are looking for a payday. I, that's what it boils down to, in my opinion. Uh, fighters come back because they're looking for a payday. Uh, or they're, uh, be, and, and that could be two reasons. It could be a, a big payday or it could be, I, I need money, I, I'm broke, you know. So, um, in any event, we have a big fight coming up next week. Uh, Errol Spence Jr. is taking on Danny Garcia. Uh, the fight was originally scheduled uh, for November. It was pushed back. Uh, as far as I know, it's still going on. It's a pay-per-view, um, which kind of bothers me. Um, but it is a good fight. How do you see it going? I, I, I do believe it's going to be a big test for Errol Spence. Danny Garcia, he's a live dog in this fight, in my opinion. Danny's a live dog, you know, in any fight. Um, talk about earlier how we were saying people get in this, their mindset of a fighter and uh you know, whether or not certain division or certain style or certain age is kind of like that with Danny Garcia, where everybody just always envisions the 140-pound version of Danny Garcia. No, he hasn't been as effective at 147, but he has been a top-tier and elite-level fighter. And definitely, as you stated, he's going to test Errol Spence. And we're going to find out in this fight, really, even though Danny's not a big puncher, how much damage was created to Errol Spence that might not have been mentioned other than uh, a few teeth being replaced and some, some cosmetic... Um, surgery after that accident because Danny Garcia, you know, he has those check hooks and he's a very sharp puncher and after a few rounds, if Errol Spence Jr.'s face is not really fully healed and there is any damage, you know, Danny Garcia is going to kind of expose that and then we're going to know whether or not Errol Spence is going to be able to continue on as a top-tier fighter like we've seen with Kel Brook um, not re- uh, just recently when he faced Terrence Crawford. Once your face is compromised like that, and you know you have some sort of surgery you don't have to really get hit into that you know that spot exactly where you had that surgery even just around that and you create a lot of damage and you know that can cause like you know an early retirement um, you know, only for, you know, the safety of it. So it's going to be interesting in a lot of ways. And then after that, hopefully we'll get either the um, Errol Spence and Sean Porter rematch or, you know, especially the Errol Spence Terrence Crawford rematch. So I'm excited for that fight for a lot of ways. Um, and I have a question for you. You mentioned just real quick, uh, you mentioned earlier the uh, Joe... Um, Joe Joyce and Daniel Dubois fight, which I thought was, you know, a great fight, and I was a bit disappointed. A lot more fans were not on social media for this and excited because it was a legitimate fight that, you know, in the future, 
as I stated on our account, one of these guys could possibly end up being the, you know, the uh, boss of that division because, you know, um, well, at least Dubois because he's only 23. But there was so much criticism on Dubois for taking a knee. And, you know, that eye was pretty damaged. And as I was discussing with, you know, um, some other fans, you know, the way he took that knee, I'm wondering maybe if uh, Daniel Dubois, because of that accumulated damage, had some sort of, uh, you know, something serious happened to his eye socket. Well, I, I don't. I haven't heard any reports on that, but I, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier about the fight. You know, Daniel Dubois has got the power and everything else, but he really didn't get the the experience that he should have. Now, Joe, it's not like Joe Joyce got tons and tons of experience, but Joe Joyce at least fought at the high a higher amateur level. I, I just think that fighters today, they the conscious they they. They try to keep them so protected so that they, uh, you know, get a big fight with an undefeated record for the maximum money that they're not giving these young fighters a chance to fully develop. You're not going to get better if you're not tested. It's fact. And, and we see it too often today. You see fighters that, that are uh, all of a sudden a champion, and then we're expected to, uh, you know, watch them get better as a champion, like... You know, develop, not get better. But, you know, Andre Berto started with that. You heard uh, uh, Oscar De La Hoya talking about Ryan Garcia going to be the best uh, fighter they ever signed in the history. Ryan Garcia, nothing against him. But, you know, this is a typical type of fighter who really was, was protected early. Now he's thrown into the upper uh, level of fighters. And we're going to see... Uh, how this guy progresses. But uh, jumping back to the Garcia-Spence fight for a second, you know, the one knock on Danny Garcia of his last couple of fights, and I say knock because he seemed to have been being knocked in his own corner by his pops, um, is his lack of aggression. I personally feel that Danny Garcia needs to be aggressive in the Errol Spence fight. I know Errol Spence has better hand speed and will be the bigger fighter in that ring, uh, but I think that Danny Garcia has to take it to Errol Spence and try to, to land some damaging blows on the repaired face, just like you said. Um, do you think he's going to do that, or do you think he's going to fight the way he has in his last couple of fights where he's he's kind of waiting for that counterpunch, you know, that pinpoint uh, shot? I, I, you know, sometimes fighters can't do that when they're fighting a bigger, stronger guy. That just doesn't work when, when you're not the bigger guy. I think Danny can um, do either, and I think it might be wise to start out uh, fast like that. Um, on the other hand, it might be wise to see how Errol Spence kind of reacts that first round because Errol Spence, maybe, um, he's just going to come out there like a cyclone, you know, to avoid any possible um, in, um, injury or uh, damage to that area or exposure to what type of injuries there were, um, you know, um, Errol Spence, while you know he's you know he's an elite top level fighter, fighting him, Danny Garcia would be able to do both rather than you know when you're saying how is he happy to counterpunch you know when his fight with Sean Porter you know that's a lot different because Sean Porter's just nonstop aggression and right on you and Sean Porter's so strong physically you know I've had this discussion quite a few times where you know Sean Porter's the only guy that we've ever seen actually push Errol Spence to the ropes and put Errol Spence on the um, the defensive because Sean Porter um, maybe not accurate but he never stops in his constant aggression so you know Danny Garcia is a little bit more mobile he's a little bit more accurate 
He's a little bit more versatile. So I think Danny's going to do whatever he needs to do at the time. And I think that it's, you know, it's it's a solid, it's a world-class, it's an elite matchup. It's a perfect uh, test for uh, Errol Spence in terms of, you know, how will he fare against, um, you know, Terrence Crawford, who is another 140-pound fighter who moved up to 147. So, you know, I'm excited to see it. Terrence Crawford, Errol uh, uh, Spence Jr. would be a great fight to see. Um, I hope we get to see it. I've said all along that uh, I think Terrence Crawford, his loyalty to Top Rank is is hurting him. I, I think Top Rank has failed him in a sense uh, because they haven't obtained the biggest fights for him. Therefore, he's not making as much money as he as he could. And I think that Terrence Crawford is that guy, and his window is closing. You know, um, and the people that criticize, Dax, you deal with it on social media. I mean, the people that criticize Terrence Crawford's resume just doesn't know boxing. I mean, this is a guy that has fought. People forget that when he, when his name first busted onto the scene, he was the opponent for three fights in a row. Then all of a sudden, ah, maybe we should sign this guy. You know, he's maybe Omaha is a hotbed for fighters, you know, but uh, I love Terrence Crawford. He's got that mean streak. I'd love to see him and Spence. I, I really would. Uh, you know, Terrence Crawford, yeah, I can kind of agree with what you're saying with top rank, but, you know, when um, you sit there and you think about the current welterweight division, think about where who all the top names are signed with and just think, you know, they're all with the PBC and they kind of do that little bit of a um, circle, you know, back and forth. And, uh, you know, as far as, you know, Terrence Crawford, uh, people not knowing or people not um, realizing, you know, exactly how good his resume is. Maybe if they, you know, did a little bit of uh, uh, research, I think um, somewhere Terrence Crawford, um, his resume is somewhere, uh, you know, he's uh, now he's a three-division world champion. Um, and he's beaten at least one uh, future Hall of Famer. And as you stated, he started out as the B-side. Um, I think um, his... I'm trying to think, um, I think out of his last eight fights, their combined resume, something like 262, 18, and 3, with 162 knockouts, I think none ever came in off a loss, um, I think two were unified champions, I think two were multi-time world champions, I think five were undefeated, um, uh, with, uh, there was like 14 combined defenses to the resume of all the champions that he's ever faced. You know, so where this um, criticism is coming from about his resume, that just tells me that people aren't doing the research that they should. You know, box rec may not be the most accurate and may not have, you know, every fact. But and when it comes to terms of uh, those type of things, that's the place you want to go. And then you can actually see exactly how good a fighter is. And if you don't know who a fighter is, that's what you do when you go and you look at YouTube. People love YouTube. Do a little bit of research and you can find out just because they're not fighting in your country, whether or not that means the United States or the UK or so on, that doesn't mean that the fighter isn't good. No, 100% agree. Dax, I appreciate your time and your thoughts, and uh, we'll be looking forward to you next week. We will be doing uh, a post-Danny uh, Garcia, uh, Errol Spence Jr. show. Hey, who's the co-main event on that card? That I'm not sure of, to be honest with you. Well, hopefully it's going to be an exciting card because, you know, these pay-per-views, you know, PBC, you mentioned PBC. You know I'm not a fan uh, of them at all. Uh, right. but the But the truth of the matter is, is, you know, everybody loved the, the PBC because – 
the word boxing and the word free were used uh, simultaneously with PVC. Now, the last several fights were all pay-per-views, and, uh, you know, I understand some of the reasoning behind it, but, and, and quite honestly, I don't mind paying for uh, a, a fight. I, I just want to see a good card, not just the main event. Last night was a special case, uh, and I thought they priced it accordingly, uh, but, uh, but from what I understand, uh, the Garcia... Uh, Spence Jr. fight. I think. I think it's seventy nine ninety five. So uh, hopefully that- seventy five. The last time I believe um, the undercard bill is nothing but prospects um, uh, and a couple of veterans. I think um, Josecito Lopez is on there, but I think the rest of it is like you know guys like Vito Melanicki, um, maybe uh, Julio Ceja. Um, you know. Uh, Miguel Flores, really nothing that would make you think that it was worth seventy five dollars. Not at all. Yeah. Know, we, remember, we come from the Don King era when on HBO, championship boxing, you know, was four and five world title fights against, you know, with the genuine world champions, not just belt holders. Exactly. And that just came for free. And oddly enough, just one last thing. Somebody had mentioned last night about the price tag. I think it might have been Steve Kim on Twitter saying how he uh, thought that it was an appropriate price tag, you know, uh, $49, $50 for the Tyson Jones fight. And it kind of brought me back for a minute because I'm remembering when um, Mike Tyson was at the height of his pay-per-view um, draw uh, career as as a draw, you know, in the early '90s. That's exactly what his fights used to cost to order on pay per view, and people were complaining then. Yeah, well, um, you know, they, I don't think anybody complained about shelling out fifty bucks last night, and it's going to be now interesting. Fifty bucks for any pay per view, you know, you're, you're happy. You think you got off cheap? Well, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what the uh, general consensus of. Uh, of the performance was and i'll be looking to you to uh get me some feedback on that but uh dax we look forward to you next week brother all right everybody enjoy your day and enjoy your week take care that's my man dax con check him out on our website he does uh uh all of our uh uh all the hard work basically <laughs> on the website uh so uh, make sure you uh, uh tune in for that um don't forget coming up uh, later on the show uh, I have, uh, I guess I'll call it my mailbag. Um, you know, I got a bunch of uh, emails that uh, we're going to uh, read and some, uh, uh, I'll give you my thoughts on them and get uh, you guys, your listeners, uh, thoughts and all of that stuff. Uh, the show to this point, don't forget to get your copy of Title Bout Championship Computer Game. Uh, you can do that very easily. Uh, just visit our website, www.billycboxing.com, and uh, click on uh, uh, the Title Bout Championship Computer Game uh, banner, which is uh, right there on the front. Uh, but uh, coming up now is my man Alex Papali, and Alex Papali's segment is being brought to us by my book. That's right. Get a copy, man. It's been out for a few years, and uh, it's still out. And it's probably going to be out until I'm out, if you know what I mean. Uh, if you're looking to get a signed copy, just drop me an email, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, or just uh, go to Amazon and uh, get yourself a copy uh, there. Oh, it's available in Kindle, too, if you like reading uh, like that. I like holding a book in my hand, you know? I guess it's with my reading glasses and my pipe, you know? I know I don't smoke the pipe, but, uh, well, maybe. Joining me right now. Uh, is my man uh, Alex Papali. What's up, Alex? Good morning, 
Billy C. Great to be with you. Happy yeah. Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you too, man. Uh, this year, it's kind of crazy. The holidays, uh, uh, you look for them for, for support, and they kind of come and go quickly. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully, Christmas season now is upon us, and uh, we can uh, we can get rocking and rolling and get back to some kind of normalcy, which I don't see happening uh, for quite some time, but that's just my yeah, negative thanks. opinion. Um thanks. What's, what? It was weird. It was uh, just me and my ma. I felt like young stribbling, uh, but uh, we were both <laughs> masked. Well, no, I was masked, um, and uh, we zoomed with the rest of the family uh, in Chicago and North Carolina, um, for and Massachusetts for at least an hour. So it was, you know, it was weird, but it was fun. You know, you're really taking this losing weight to an extreme. So you put a mask on for Thanksgiving. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> tough. That's kind of that, that's kind of tough, brother. You know, I mean, uh, what'd you do? Cut a little hole in the in the middle of it, or what? Only let myself eat things that can pass through the mask. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's great. That's great. That's great. Um, hey, I, I don't know if you noticed, um, but uh, at last night, um, in that in the Tyson Jones pay per view, uh, LL Cool J mentioned um, he found out he's related to Tom Molino. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I hadn't heard that. I, I was going to look more into that. I wanted to tell you about that, uh, see if you had caught that. I, I didn't catch it. I, I did not, and, and I find it hard to believe, and I'll tell you why. Um, Tom Molino didn't have any known kids or anything like that. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, it would be hard to be related to him. Uh, right. Unless in, unless he was related to another member of Molino's family, he did have uh, brothers and and stuff. So may, maybe it would be interesting to see that uh, family tree. If uh, right. but uh, but anyway, speaking of which, I think the highlight of the night, to be honest with you, Alex, came when you know how much I can't stand Ronaldo, right? <laughs> and you know, and and you know how much I love Sugar Ray Leonard, and I was surprised at how quiet he was. I think he was just nauseous that he was even there. But he figures, you know, being a businessman, he figures a paycheck's a paycheck. But I absolutely loved when Ronaldo turns to him and says, "Hey, Sugar Ray, you thinking about making a comeback at sixty-four? And Sugar Ray said, which I can't believe. And I and I, I I can't wait to see him again because I'm going to congratulate him. Sugar Ray says only if I get to fight you, you know. And I was like, oh my god, I love that. I would love to see Sugar Ray Leonard kick the shit out of Mario Ronaldo. Uh, but anyway, uh, it could have been because Moro interrupted him every single time. Sugar Ray, he would ask Sugar Ray a question. Sugar Ray would start answering, and then he'd cut to Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Okay, thanks a lot, Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. Let's get Snoop Dogg. That, you know, that's how stupid Ronaldo. I, I can't believe he's become the guy, you know, and he's just terrible. And, and unfortunately, that's what's happened to our sport. It's become, uh, it's become WWE. Speaking of which, Mike Tyson against Roy Jones Jr. Mike Tyson, 54 years old. I liked what I saw. I don't want to see him fight anybody else. Uh, but I mentioned earlier in the show, and I and I got Dax's opinion as well. The one thing that stood out to me as clear as day about the fight, aside from the fact that both guys were in decent shape, um, 
and that everyone got a championship belt and no one actually won the fight uh, aside from those things uh standing in front uh standing right out in front of me was the fact that Mike Tyson cuts the ring off. It comes naturally to him. We see so-called champion fighters today that don't know how to do that. And, and I, you know, it, it was the most enjoyable thing to watch for me last night was to watch Mike Tyson maneuver a running on his bicycle, trying to stay away from Mike at all costs, Roy Jones, and still Mike got him in position to land those what looked like devastating body shots. Yeah, it was a lot of fun seeing that. Huh? I mean, I really, I enjoyed it thoroughly um, for what it was. I mean, I I think that um, uh, the undercard fights were good. Even the um, uh, that Jake Paul, uh, Nate Robinson <laughs> thing, that Come was okay. Uh, yeah, Because yeah. I was glad it was over quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, they kept referring to Jake Paul as, well, he's the pro in the ring. He's a pro? What, what are you talking about? He's a YouTube guy. He's the second fight. He never fought amateur, nothing. You know what I mean? Come on. Right. I mean, that was the hardest thing to swallow was all the hyperbole. Um, and and I tell you that, you know, uh, that is what Moro is good at. Uh, he's good at the sizzle. Um, and there was a lot of mostly sizzle last night. Now, um, credit to CES because Jermaine Ortiz and Irvin Gonzalez put on tremendous shows. Those fights were really fun. Um, and then the, the Badu Jack fight was fun too. Um, the, uh, I thought Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones, I really enjoyed it. It, uh, it's hard to say, you know, I think if either one of them was going a little lighter, I thought Roy was going a little lighter because there was actually one moment in the seventh round where he, I don't know if it was out of uh, just to sort of keep Mike away, um, but he literally throws about four punches at nothing. Um, so, you know, I, I thought that of the two, Mike was the one who went harder. Um, and I think that was, I think that's what we expected. And I think in a way you kind of saw, um, I think Roy was nice to him because, uh, like we've talked about this in other, in other circumstances, when it was for real, uh, when a fighter is agrees to fight you and you're getting a great big paycheck, it's a lot harder to, you know, hit him as hard as you can on the nose. Um, and I think that even though these guys are hyper competitive guys, uh, I think um, the body shots were where they were really digging in, and that was really fun. Like like you said, it was so much fun to watch Mike Tyson's style again. I think one of the problems with his style, to be really critical, is that in a way he almost smothers his own punches sometimes. That's what creates the clinches because he charges in so aggressively. He runs out of room. Uh, you know, once he throws a combination, he's right there in your chest. The opponent has no choice but to clinch. Um, but uh, it was a lot of fun. And it was, um, it, I think uh, Mike looks, he must have taken this so seriously. Because of the two of them, uh, he definitely seemed to uh, have more wind. Um, and the thing for me that was great is that the echoes of Kevin McBride were absolutely exercised because... Um, this Mike Tyson was in there and he had fun. He didn't quit. Uh, he tried. He was a good sport. 
uh, in that sense, it was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed it. You know, I, I it's interesting you, you said the body shots because I, I really think that that might have been uh, <clears throat> an agreement. Um, you know, it not very well to, been, yeah, yeah, not because Mike Tyson's hardest shots were to the body Absolutely. and his style. Um, although it may appear to smother, like you like you mentioned, you know, if you think about it, when a fighter clinches. There's always one part of the body that's open. Um, it has to be because unless they're clinching in a bear hug type of a, a way, um, and Mike Tyson is very proficient at utilizing that free hand and working that side of the body that is open, and he did it last night. You know, some of the things that he did, um, it just it, it, it kind of bothers me that the sport of boxing – had to wait 16 years for him to get back in the ring to see those kinds of uh, um, things again when other fighters should be learning from it. I think the path of the sport where Mike Tyson clearly now, uh, especially after seeing it last night, Mike Tyson is the last of that warrior type of a fighter's mentality. They're no more because the way a fighter fights now is safety first. Safety first in every aspect of the game. You know, safety training, safety this, safety that. Don't don't knock him yeah. down. Don't don't knock him down. Don't if if he looks like he's getting hurt, you better stop the fight, Mr. Referee. You know, I mean it's 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 a bunch of left wing. Uh, boxing's become left wing, okay? I mean, let's let's be real. This has become a, a, a wacko left wing sport. And and you know, it's it's ridiculous and it's sad to see. Because um, Mike Tyson, this isn't brain surgery, what Mike Tyson did. You know, Customato trained that style with every fighter he fought, uh, he trained. And uh, because Mike Tyson was one of the last to receive that kind of training, and then ultimately with Kevin Rooney, um, we haven't seen it since. And, and it's, it's alarming because it's a fundamental part of the sport. Working a body, cutting a ring off, come on. Yeah, and I think the thing more than anything else, I think what we know about Mike Tyson and I think why last night I think is going to end up when we see the numbers, if we ever see the real numbers. Uh, um, I think we probably will, though. Um, the uh, I think it's going to be very successful because if there's anything Mike Tyson's uh, good at is entertaining. And his style, that's an entertaining style because uh, you're right. Um <clears throat> Excuse me. Even if we think about some of the great performances, uh, Teofimo Lopez is, um, you know, I mean, yeah, one of the best performances of the year, uh, arguably. Um, it was kind of dull for quite a few rounds. Um, Mike Tyson was never in dull fights. Uh, and I think that was the thing, even though that fight last night, they were maybe going, you know, 70% of what they would have gone for real maybe even a little less. I don't know. To me, it reminded me very much, and I don't mean to compare myself to Hall of Famers by any means, but uh, when when we were in high school, we used to spar in our basement, and uh, sometimes it would get pretty intense. Um, but uh, there was always agreements that it was like, okay, this is going to be body shot only, you know? Uh, there would be certain rules, and that's kind of what we saw in the sense that um, – they described it as heavy sparring, and that's really what it was. Um, and that was fun, 
Uh, I think it would have been interesting if there was a crowd there because I wonder, I think they, I think they would have been very enthusiastic just seeing the two guys. Uh, it was funny the way Snoop kept saying, uh, "My uncle, my uncles are fighting." <laughs> hey, <laughs> he's like grandma. Yeah, no, grandma. Well, he's yeah, he's. <laughs> you got to break up these uncles. He 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 was, you know. At first, I didn't like it, but after a while, I, I liked him. And I'm going to get to that in a second. Yeah. I'm going to get to that in a second. But uh, uh, I, listen, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and say this. I'll bet you that this fight did a million views. I'll bet you it does a million views. And, um, I, you know, the, the, the talk about this fight, even though it wasn't promoted that well, it really wasn't. You know, I didn't even see commercials for it. Uh, and I admit, I'm, I've been turned off by all sports. You, you know that. But, uh, um, I, you know, I haven't even seen commercials for it in, in, until last week, you know. So I, I'll bet you that it ends up doing a million buys. And I, I didn't like the fact, there's no reason to have people keeping score if you're not going to keep a legitimate score. There's no way that that fight was a draw, okay? There's no way. Mike Tyson won the fight. Um, but, you know, in the future, let's not even have scorekeepers because if everybody, if it, if there's no one's going to get a win and they're going to end up as a draw as long as somebody doesn't get hurt and get knocked out or whatever, um, so be it. Let it be that. I, I don't know if anybody would have a problem, but to try to sell it like that. And, and I liked Mike Tyson and Jim Gray, no matter what, a, a, you know, atmosphere he's in, he's still an asshole. I mean, he, 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 he they really picked some of Billy C's favorite. I mean, Jim Gray fun. is the biggest asshole. He, I, you know, he's one of these guys that I, I would love to just punch in the face. I can't stand him. <laughs> and he even disrespected Roy Jones. He asked him a question. He pulled a Mario Ronaldo. He asked Roy Jones a question and walks away with the mic. Like he's, you know, like, 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 you know, like they had a time restraint, you know, like, so, like somebody was going to, like he only had 30, we only got 30 seconds. What, what's your answer? You know, no, you don't have 30 seconds, Jim. You have as long as you want. This is part of the shtick, you know, I mean, come on, you know, and uh, he says to Mike Tyson, though, the one thing he, that was interesting answer, he says, you know, you ready? You ready to do this for real, Mike? You know, Mike Tyson is basically fuck. No, I ain't doing this for real. You know, I'm gonna do this for. I'll do it again. I'm definitely gonna do it again. But I'm gonna do it for charity, and uh, it is what it is. You know, and I, I said charity. I know he's getting ten million. I wonder how much of that's going to charity. You know, because he's a a businessman. Did you notice some of the the sponsors? <laughs> I got the sponsors, Bill. We're hilarious. Uh, yeah. I know. I, I, Stacy, I, I saved it for her, and uh, she's going, "What weed maps? What's that?" I said, "Well, I said, you know, you know, yes, you know, it's it is what it is." Snoop Dogg, what's he doing? Yeah, well, you see where this is all going. Anyway, yeah, speaking that, of uh, that, one of the, the MMA guy, I, I can't, I forget his last name, but his first name is Israel. Uh, he's dropping f bombs. Oh. Snoop comes out smoking a blunt. Yeah. It was very different. It was a funny night. It was. And and the thing is, is so so let's talk about that for a second. Number one, in the beginning of the show, I, I, I opened the show with my opinion on the production. And, you know, I, I will say this. I thought that the layout, the way the ring looked and the lighting, I thought it was cool. I kind of liked it. Um, I, I It gave a 3D effect. And I know that they're trying to make it, uh, you know, uh, viewership friendly uh, to the people watching at home. And I thought they accomplished it. I, I, you know, they, it was thought out. 
they had the white uh, 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 apron and, and the way the lighting was. Uh, and they were all social distanced. <laughs> they, I mean, they had the whole arena, so they had plenty of room, you know. And, and the way they had the announcers sitting, you know, a mile away from each other was kind of hysterical. But and their choice of referee, Mr. Corona, that was that was God, that no, was. Of course, I know, I know. I, I, of course, that's his name. You know, I mean, they they thought of everything, Alex. They thought of everything, even the referee naming him uh, Mr. Corona. You know, so I mean, yes, they they thought they thought of everything. Um, but um, with that said, uh, you know, I, I thought, and 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 like I said, Snoop uh, when he first started. I was like, oh, come on, you know, but he's funny. I, I, I've always liked Snoop, you know, I, I mean, I, I always have. Um, and he grew on me. I, I thought he kind of stole the, the show in a sense. Um, but I, I don't think there's any room for music. I mean, aside from a ring entrance, you know, people aren't tuning in to see, uh, you know, hip hop, rock, uh, whatever kind of music. Um and boxing, it's it's either or. You want to see music, go to a concert. You want to see boxing, go to a boxing event. What's your thoughts on the mix? I mean, they keep trying to make it work. Rock Nation tried it. You know, it just, in my opinion, it, it it doesn't work. I don't think people are tuning in for that. Maybe it's a little icing on the cake. I don't know. What what's your thoughts? Am I am I too old to to to, to understand this? Because I don't think it works. Well, I I think that that might be a factor. Is that um, I mean, I turned 50 this year, Billy C, and now I get up early. I have a hard time staying up past 11. 11? What are yeah. you talking? I get up at 11. I, I I can't stay up. I can't stay up past seven. What are I you mean, talking I, about? I, 11. I, yeah. I get up. I hear the birds get up. It's very. Weird. I wake the roosters up. Okay, I have to wake them up. If it wasn't for me, roosters wouldn't crow. Okay, because I, you know, come on. And and I tell you, when these um. When people suddenly discover an 80s song or a Fleetwood Mac song and they become popular again, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, people are catching up to my <laughs> speed. That's my speed. Oh, God, so, that's yeah, funny. I, I think that um, uh, I, some of it is I think this generation um, might not – I think they might like that. And um, – I think they might be willing to do that, uh, you know, to pay for that kind of thing. It didn't. It didn't bother me, especially with this um, quarantine life we have now, because there's so much distractions. So I was just able to do other things, and I had the volume <laughs> up on my computer enough that yeah. when it was, so, I came back when the so, song broke. Yeah, yeah, okay. So basically, you did like I did when the, when the songs came on. You went and did other stuff, you know, yeah, and then I, you I, come back. I, I, Watch Snoop's medley, though. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's good to go to the bathroom, grab a drink. You know, yeah. it's all those things. I'm banging down um, half half calf, half decaf. Oh well, just so I can stay up. Oh wait a minute, you yeah. haven't dis you haven't discovered what I've discovered long, but stay up. I stayed up to start recording it. Then I woke up. I woke up at four, like I always do, and I watched it then. So I, it's fresh. Watch, watch like a few deer up yeah the <laughs> exactly exactly but uh uh in any event you know uh, it's yeah, i do think that in terms if they do start this sort of legends thing i think it would be a hell of a lot more fun 
if they did it, uh, if they traveled around and did it in arenas with people in them. Now, that might not be the, the reality of things. Um, that could work against it. See, I don't know. This is interesting because Mike has changed. Um, you know, in a way, it, Billy C, this is, you know, and he did even mention it in the pre-fight uh, that he was going to throw punches with bad intentions. Well, bad intentions at 54 are different than they are at 26 or 21. Um, and I think bad intentions are for younger men. And I think that um, that Mike Tyson, this was recovery, Mike Tyson. Um, and in a way, it, it was it was enjoyable because uh, his style is fun to watch. And and it and for a while he stopped fighting like that in his actual career because of so many back problems. So it is just in terms of a personal victory, he's got to be pretty psyched because for 54 years old, he's in amazing shape. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing him go in against other 50 somethings. Uh, but, um, I, I really hope it never goes beyond the level of what we saw last night. Um, because these guys, not only of the brain damage aspect, but if they go like they were going last night, I, I don't think brain damage is a huge, uh, risk. Um, liver, uh, broken ribs and stuff like that certainly could be. The thing is, when you're 50, over 50, uh, and especially in shape like that, your muscles stay in good shape. The connective tissue doesn't. So one of these days, uh, they could horribly destroy an elbow or a shoulder or a knee. So it is risky to have these 50-year-old fight leagues. But I think there's enough guys out there uh, to make it interesting. I mean, what about um, Tyson Hopkins? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it would be these would be fun, um, but it is it's it's not, you know, it's not the same. It, to me, Daniel Dubois versus Joe Joyce was certainly much more entertaining. Um, this was a novelty. No, you're right. You're right, a hundred percent. And and I do think that the injury factor is an important one. But I think that the training regimen. Um, was probably tougher than what they faced last night, uh, yeah. at least for Mike. Uh, I don't know how Roy trained him. I mean, he was—he looked like he was going to go into cardiac arrest uh, uh, after the third round, you know. Yeah. But uh, you could hear him. You know. Oh, I know. Well, you could hear him because of the refs. Mister Mr. Corona's mic was picking them up, breathing hard and stuff, yeah. you know. And well, you, and one of the other things that I thought was was just they and they all laughed too at it. And it was just, it was, it gave you an in a little moment of how what we saw was not for real. Um, because remember, boxing, great boxers, and we saw they were two, two greats uh, that we saw last night, are great liars. And um, at one point, when Roy sat on the stool after round one, one of his trainers said, You see everything. And he's like, Yeah, somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> And it was great yeah. because he was it was honest. Yeah, and 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 what about at one point they're going his at, at one point his corner's going no one moves like you no one moves like you and and he's sitting there and he's barely moving you know and it's like yeah no one's moving like him right now except for molasses but yeah, you know and Mike's corner was like swearing at him it was 
and that was the thing that was kind of fun too because at one point uh, yesterday one of my friends asked me who's training Mike now and I said it doesn't matter yeah, I no, said, I'm not sure it really matters this is an exhibition he's like what do you mean it doesn't matter yeah, and no, I, was I like, know it's not for real no, in the same way yeah you know? but there were people that are that's why it's gonna do so well you know but uh, hey one last thing I wanted to tell you, you know I, I had this thought you know and uh, you know it's like I go through all of this, you know, everybody gets a trophy and all of this, and it, it was evident last night, and uh, I started thinking about quality control, you know, in the United States, uh, you know, as we're doing things, manufacturing or whatever, which is, we're probably not going to be doing much of anything anymore, but uh, uh, we were doing a lot of our own manufacturing again and, and all of that stuff, and the, the quality control and the pride factor uh, in the U.S. is, is, is kind of, well, it's hard to find, you know, for an example, you know, the auto industry, if you go to the auto industry and you, you say to uh, a guy that was working on a line, hey, uh, Joe, uh, uh, you know, hey, th that last interior you did, uh, the quality just wasn't there. We have to redo it. Joe's response would be, yeah, yeah, well, you know, I really didn't feel up to it that day. Uh, you know, does it matter? It looked better than it did the other day. I mean, you know, and it's like, no, no, no. In Japan. If they went to the same guy and was like, uh, Mr. Yoto, uh, you know, your quality wasn't good on that interior on, on that uh, Honda you, you did the other day. Uh, you know, Mr. Yoto would be like, oh, 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 you know, and kill himself with the with the with the samurai because he would disgrace his family because the quality wasn't. Up. And, and I'm saying to myself, you know, that's the problem. We don't take this pride in stuff anymore. I'm not suggesting somebody kill themselves, but I'm just I'm using it as an example. You know, like they take so much pride, they don't want to disgrace the family name, let alone their own job. People in the U.S., eh, I really don't give a shit. You know, eh, tomorrow's a new day. What? What? I can finish this in five more minutes? Eh, it's time to leave. Uh, I'll start it tomorrow. You know, and it's like, you know, it transcends to everything: sports, uh, bargaining. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's sad because, you know, we're losing it, man. We're losing it. And, uh, um, you know, last night was a breath of fresh air in a sense uh, because it gave us all a chance to, to go back in time a little bit and um, to get to get to see uh, arguably the, the most captivating athlete in, in our generation. You know, Mike Tyson, you know, I know you started following the sport because of Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, I remember my first business, uh, you know, uh, discovering Mike Tyson when, when his first centerfold, uh, I think it was in KO Magazine or something, came out. I put it on the wall in my office. I mean, this is a guy you're going to watch, you know, and he was just so exciting. He's the only guy that you would fork over 100 bucks uh, to watch and, and not be pissed off if it, uh, you know, you missed it because you were taking a leak and the fight only lasted 30 seconds, you know. I mean... You know, it just doesn't happen anymore. The, everyone's so critical, you know, between the negativity of body shaming uh, uh, each other. Uh, you know, you see this gorgeous woman on the Internet, and then next thing you know, people are shaming her. Well, I, I, think, I think that photo's been photo, photoshopped. You know, I, I think she does have a piece of cellulite somewhere. You know, it's like, give me a break. You know, where, where, did, we, where did everybody become so critical from their couch? You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's sad, and I hope that... This fight um, does more positive than than negative for the sport of boxing because um, we need something, man. 
yeah, uh, hopefully it will popularize things. And I do. I mean, I think it did bring together, bring people together just to some degree. It's the first time I can remember um, uh, agreeing with something uh, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted because uh, he wanted to watch it, too. So um, that's bringing people together right there. As long as it uh, wasn't fake news, I'm cool with that. <laughs> Uh, so I and I think that's the thing about it is that um, uh, I don't know in terms of the scorecards I did score it uh, four rounds for Tyson two for Roy and two even um, and I do think that the thing about the judges is that I think Vinny Paz gave every single round to Roy and isn't that not surprising? <laughs> that is surprising. What do you mean? He well, did? He's probably having flashbacks. Um, I, I, I think it would have been a lot more. And because it doesn't matter, I think having celebrity judges didn't really make sense unless you get a comment from them. I thought, why not, if you had them on Zoom, get Christy Martin to comment after one round, get... Chad Dawson to comment after another round and get Vinny Paz to how comment. Did Ch how did round. Chad Dawson even get on that panel? Well, I think because they probably were all CES fighters. Because CES, um, CES was basically the promoter of record, I believe. Yeah, they uh, were. They, although there was no nothing that said CES on anything. No ring yeah, posts. No. I, I got to figure that must have been the agreement or something. Well, it uh, must have been. It must credit, have been. Credit. It must have been for the undercard. And I maybe, don't think yeah. I, I don't think Christy Martin ever fought on the CES banner, did she? Yeah, maybe she didn't, huh? But um, what's it called? Uh, they did. Uh, I mean, Urban Gonzalez, uh, Joe Cusimano, which I missed that fight. Maybe that was on the free sex section also. Because um, I saw the Urban Gonzalez fight. I've seen he's from Worcester. I've seen him fight a couple times down the road at Foxwoods, uh, and Jermaine Ortiz too, who looked really good last night. Um, I mean, that was one of the things that. If you're a hardcore person watching it, it was there were things that were kind of tough and kind of eye rolling, but I don't think it was there wasn't more. I didn't roll my eyes any more last night than I do with the Joe Tessitore broadcast. Um, so I don't think it was. It certainly wasn't terrible. Uh, I mean, a lot of uh, you know me, Billy C. I don't. Uh, I don't necessarily want to appeal to casuals. Um, but I thought that there was fun stuff for both people. If you, especially if you were a fan of those fighters, I mean, let's face it, those two guys, Roy Jones and Mike Tyson, um, were definitely two of the, in terms of popularity, uh, and marketing a bit, markability in, uh, boxing, they're two of the Mount Rushmore American boxers. Now that doesn't mean they're the greatest by no means, because if you think about it, um, that's the third Hall of Famer Mike Tyson has beaten and arguably one of the best because Holmes was fo faded and Spinks was uh, too heavy. Um, and then Holyfield and Lennox Lewis starched him. So I, I don't know. In that, there is some interesting stuff there. But of course, you know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't for real like it would have been in 2003 when I would have... I would have favored Roy because I think um, Mike Tyson at that time psychologically didn't want to box anymore. He barely could finish the training camp for Clifford ATN without tattooing his face. Uh, and I think it would have been the most intense first round we ever saw 
because um, like we saw last night, Roy would have had to establish the distance and put some leather on him to slow him down on his way in or make him hesitate on his way in. Uh, we kind of saw a microcosm of that last night, and I enjoyed it because, I don't know, I've always imagined the two of them. What would it be like? And even though they had, uh, you know, uncle bodies, like uh, Snoop said, we did get a little version of it. And that was fun. You know, and just for the record, I did have to run this in the uh, title bout, Sim. I thought you might be curious. And as you were saying earlier, uh, title bout, uh, and I even said it for two-minute rounds, eight, eight two-minute rounds, uh, Tyson mops the floor with him. Uh, when they fight once, Tyson wins by UD, seven to nothing. And when they fight, uh, I'm sorry, seven uh, seven rounds to one on two cards and eight to nothing on another. And then when they have a rematch, again, Mike Tyson, when they fight a hundred times, Tyson wins 85 bouts. Roy wins 10. They draw five times, but Mike only stops him 13 times. Hmm. Interesting. Um, two comments before I let you go, because I'm not letting you off without commenting on these. First of all, Spinks. It wasn't that he was too heavy. He was scared to death. I will I will never I will never in my life forget the look on Michael Spinks' face walking out to that ring. It, it, if someone was actually pushing him, it would have made more sense because he had he was beaten before he started that ring walk. There was no way I'll never forget the look on that face. And 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 equally so I'll never forget the look of confidence on Evander Holyfield's face when he was walking out to fight Mike Tyson. So those two images will forever be burned in my head. And as far as, come on, dude, this whole event last night was set up and geared for the casual fan. The diehard boxing fan, no, we watched it, but it wasn't set up for us. They knew we were going to watch it. They set it up for the other fan and hopes that they would get the buys. I think they got a million buys. We'll see. Um, it, it will be interesting because I don't think of anything has done a million since Mayweather Pacquiao. Yeah, no, I I think it's going to be up there. I really do. And, I'd be. And I think this weekend is no going to do nowhere near. I'm really disappointed uh, that uh, Spence Garcia's pay per view, but you know, I, I'm I'm real disappointed about that. I'm I don't like the PBC and everything they stand for. And um, they've totally screwed uh, us as boxing fans and their fighters. Um, and they've coddled their fighters. They, they've, you know, come on, the Charlo brothers. I think of the PBC. I think of the Charlo brothers. And I think they're both, they're, they're both scams. They're both, they're twins that are both champions, you know, so I, whatever. But um, and is the price tag seventy nine ninety nine? Is it? I, I don't know. No, that's what I thought. That's what I, that's what it was last oh, time. Wow. I sure hope not because, yeah. um, because you're right, uh, the undercard is um, there's no like you know stellar. Uh, well, I, I I love watching Josito Lopez no matter what you know, but uh, uh, in any event, we will be back next week and we'll do a post uh, uh, Danny Garcia Arrow Spence fight and hopefully uh, we'll have uh, some interesting things to talk about and hopefully uh, you know they don't give both Danny Garcia and Arrow Spence. Uh, title belts after that fight you know because that's right. what, that's what we're leaning towards 
uh, everybody gets a trophy. Everyone well, wins. Hopefully, uh, hopefully by the end of next uh, by by next Sunday they'll announce Mike Tyson versus Shannon Briggs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come on, let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. Alex, it was great uh, chat with you again, and I look forward to next week, brother. Great talking to you, Billy C. Take care. See you later. That's my man, uh, Alex Papali, uh, doing uh, what he does best. Uh, argues with me. No. <laughs> um, so, listen, I, I want to read some emails, and that's being brought to us uh, uh, in part uh, by uh, Adam Pollock's new book uh, on Jack Dempsey. If you haven't gotten a copy of this, uh, definitely do it. Nobody writes um, the way Adam Pollock does in terms of completeness. Uh, I've, I've read his whole... Uh, all of them so far. He's he's started with John L. Sullivan uh, going right up to all the heavyweight champions. Jack Johnson was one of the most uh, complete uh, uh, history of his career, and this book is as well. Uh, make sure you tell Adam Pollock, Billy C. sent you. Uh, and I also want to remind you that um, there's no uh, better uh, seasoning uh, than what Southern Gourmet Spice puts out. Uh, visit the website www.southerngourmetspice.com. Get yourself a uh, bottle of the Kenny Bears All Purpose Salt uh, and my new favorite, the Cajun Seasoning. Uh, and don't forget their uh, signature one, uh, Kenny Bears uh, Barbecue Rub. Uh, it's addicting, so be careful. Uh, but definitely get yourself a, a couple of bottles. Go online and place an order. But before you do, demand a Billy C. discount uh, and tell them that Billy C. sent you. Uh, it's important that you do that so they know where you heard about them. You know what I mean? But uh, good stuff. Love it. As a matter of fact, I got to get some more of my uh, Cajun, uh, black and Cajun spice. I love that stuff. Um, okay. So I want to uh, read some emails. Now, some of these emails uh, I've had a little bit. Uh, so if we go back in time here, like this one's from uh, uh, the last week in uh, second to last week in October. Uh, it's from my man, uh, Alex T., the other Alex. He says, uh, welcome back, Billy C. It was a nice surprise to see a podcast update today. By the way, subscribe to our podcast. You can visit our website, BillyCBoxing.com, and click the uh, podcast, and you can subscribe to it. Apparently, we're kicking ass in India. So I want to say uh, uh, hello to all the uh, uh, listeners in India. So uh, shocked me because the UK was always uh, my uh, biggest fan base uh, aside from the United States. But India, wipe it out, both uh, the US and uh, the UK. I was shocked to see that. But uh, anyways, it was a nice surprise to see the podcast today. I missed the show like everybody else, but I don't blame you for stepping away for the reasons you've discussed. I've watched a Lopez fight outside on a 20-foot screen with a projector at my neighbor's house. I spent all week telling everyone how great this fight was going to be. So here we are, 12.30 in the morning, standing around a fire pit, freezing our asses off, and everybody looking at me like an idiot because after seven rounds, not much was happening in the fight. Everyone wanted to go to bed, including himself. Uh, he says you can't win them all. Um, he's referring to the Tiafimo Lopez and uh, uh, Lomachenko fight, Vasily Lomachenko. Um... It was a good fight. Right after seven rounds, it became a good fight. So uh, uh, I uh, I hear you. I, I, I was a little disappointed, uh, to be honest with you, in uh, Lomachenko. I thought he should have put stepped on the gas a little more. But you got to give credit what credit's due. And Tiafimo Lopez uh, is now the man in the lightweight division. Uh, this is from my man, uh, Coach. Uh, he says, uh, hey, Bill. 
uh, being up front, Roberto Duran being my all-time favorite as far as a Lopez-Duran comparison mentioned in my show, a 23-year-old Lopez versus a 23-year-old Duran is a no-moss for Lopez. You know, I think uh, Coach misunderstood me. Um, I never, ever compared Lopez for being as great as Roberto Duran, ever. Um, I, I, I think I was referring to the aggressiveness, and I, and I think on that same show I said that Roberto Duran, uh, in my opinion, was the greatest lightweight of all time. So I, I don't know, um, you know where that was coming from. But he goes on to say, putting aside today's boxing, everyone gets a belt mentality at age 23. Duran was 44-1 and one with the own, one defeat avenged coming to Esteban de Jesus, uh, de Jesus who, uh, by the way, passed away. Um, all uh, our regrets, thoughts, and prayers go to uh, the family and friends of uh, Esteban uh, uh, Jesus. Uh, he says Duran also wouldn't lose again another 28 fights, uh, that being the Nomas fight against Ray Leonard. The other thing I will add is that Roberto Duran uh, going into that uh, Jesus fight at 44-0 was one of the most devastating uh, fighters, uh, vicious fighter uh, of the time. Most people remember him uh, during the Roberto Duran era uh, I mean, the Ray Leonard era against Duran. And Duran had already been a, a veteran fighter by the time he stepped into the ring with uh, Sugar Ray Leonard for the first time. Uh, so, uh, yes, I, I give uh, Duran all the credit in the world. He says, as far as a career, it's even worse matching Duran's 103 wins, 16 losses, 70 knockouts. Leaves plenty of room for losses in his next 103 bouts, even if he pulls a super-picking Mayweather-style career. Again, he's referring to Lopez. I think he totally misunderstood whatever we were talking about because I can't argue with anything coach is saying here. He says, if there's no Lomachenko rematch with Lopez, uh, he has a way to go, uh, even to be in the same breath as Duran, even though he's already being handed the path of least resistance, he'll get tested uh, time out as he gets the winner of uh, Selby and Cambosios, which I see Cambosios stopping Selby, is being pushed as his first mandatory. Got to ask Lopez now with four belts, why isn't it a push for a fight with Haney or Davis, who both have a strap? Your thoughts? I, I would like to see the Devin Haney uh, or Tank Davis fight, and uh, that's the problem with all the sanctioning bodies. I say screw all the sanctioning bodies because when you get to um, a... Uh, uh, point in, in your career, you don't need the sanctioning bodies anymore. Once you build up a fan base, uh, you don't need them. Uh, but coach, totally, you totally took me wrong uh, and out of text with uh, my, comp I wasn't comparing them. I, I mentioned the name, but uh, uh, in any event, um, you know, this one's from uh, Mike. He says, you've said it all along uh, that last night, it couldn't be any more clear. This is the uh, middle of November. He says, uh, spineless, gutless piece of shit Bob Bennett was at it again last night. How that was ruled a headbutt was so ridiculous. We knew after 30 minutes uh, digging for something that they were going to screw the Maloney kid. Can't uh, agree with uh, Mike anymore. Um, that was a travesty. And, uh, you know, it just shows you uh, the mentality and what... The reasons I'm so turned off by the sport of boxing, guys like that spineless, gutless piece of shit, Bob Bennett, who's in charge of the boxing in Las Vegas, in, in Las Vegas, no doubt. Um, it's, it's a travesty that they robbed that kid. Um, I, I agree with you 100%, Mike. 
this one's from Steve. Uh, he says, uh, um, I wanted to get your view on Joshua Franco versus Andrew Maloney. Uh, title fight, he says, uh, I thought the decision was outrageous. Couldn't see any clash of heads that might have caused an injury. Listen, uh, he says, good luck. I'm glad to see you back. Uh, he said, the only damage I saw was on Lopez's face. You know, the, the, um, you know, the worst part uh, about this fight, uh, um, and uh, he, I think he meant on, on, uh, fr uh, on Franco's face, not Lopez, but um, which was, was pretty bu uh, swollen. Um, I, look, the, the bottom line is, you know, if you're going to use instant replay, which I support, watch it. I mean, you know, this this is a this this spineless, gutless piece of shit, Bob Bennett, is obviously on the take. This is a corrupt individual that does, should not be in the sport of boxing, because if he's watching the same film that we watched as replay after replay after replay after replay, and still says that he couldn't see any indication that it wasn't a headbutt, the guy's either blind or he's the most crooked official in the sport of boxing. Bob Bennett, you're a piece of shit. And you should be out of out of the sport. You shouldn't. He shouldn't even be allowed in uh, an arena to watch a boxing match, let alone be uh, charging, uh, changing, or in control of the results. Uh, uh, another one from uh, Paul. He says, "Hey, Billy C, what's uh, your take on the new 224 pound weight division?" You know, I, I have no opinion. I, I didn't think there should have been a, a super heavyweight division at all. The original. Uh, eight eight divisions: flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight, uh, lightweight, welterweight, middleweight, light heavyweight, and heavyweight was what I always liked. Uh, I, I guess I didn't mind all of the juniors coming in, but now, in case you missed it, the WBC has created a new 224 pound division uh, for heavyweight um, above 224. Cruiserweight now goes to 190 pounds, so there's a there's a a weight limit from 190 uh and then you could go up to 224 kind of like what a lot of the historical heavyweights were um my my thoughts are uh, listen um all the sanctioning bodies are going to adapt this and all this is doing is creating another title which creates more sanctioning fees you know not only is it going to have a champion but it's going to end up with an interim champion a champion of recess a super diamond studded champion a wannabe champion etc 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 hey make no mistake and i've had mr suleiman on this show uh make no mistake uh they're out for the sanctioning fees don't for a minute think that they give a shit about the uh, fighters uh, health and well-being and they're doing it for that um an interesting point uh since the 21st century uh, Hasim Rahman, Lennis Lewis, uh, Moskayev, Samuel Peter, Vitaly Klitschko, Bermain, Stavern, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, all uh, well over 238 pounds. Um, and, uh, you know, there's the justification according to the WBC. Uh, and finally, I, I got an email from my man Rick. Uh, he says, I hope uh, you and all of the Talking Boxing with Billy C. staff had a great Thanksgiving. Thank you very much, Rick. I hope you did too. Uh, he's just happy about his Dolphins uh, because he's a Dolphin fan and, and they're obviously doing well. And I'm a Tua fan because I'm an Alabama fan and you know I'm a Jets fan too, but that's a whole other story. So I'm pulling for the Dolphins. Um, 
He says, I'm really excited about the Tyson Jones, although uh, I'll have to catch the replay. He'll be working. He's pulling for Roy Jones, even though I'm a bigger Mike Tyson fan. I know all the buzz has been around Tyson and how great he looked punching a bag on a video, but I don't see how he's going to keep going pace with Jones, who constantly kept himself in shape and has stayed more active over the last 15 years. Honestly, I would have loved to have seen this fight in 2003, just like Alex said. Um when Jones was a champion and Tyson was on his way out. As far as everyone's saying, it's just a meaninglessly, meaningless exhibition. He says, so was Apollo Creed and Ivan Drago. Uh, also, Billy C., since it's Thanksgiving, I have, to get, I have to mention how thankful I am that boxing has been able to stay out of politics uh, when so many of our other sports have gotten sucked in. I think it's mainly because boxing is an international sport, but for whatever the reason, I'm truly thankful for that. I've been so turned off by the other sports that I used to love, and I doubt I will ever enjoy them again the way I used to. Uh, it's not just because of the political crap. There's a lot of other reasons I've been losing interest over the years, especially with the NFL. But the politics has really pushed it over the edge for me. He says, I'm so glad boxing has just stayed boxing. I've even come across interviews on YouTube with your boy Floyd and, uh, and also Andre Ward refusing to take the bait and even going as far as to challenge back when people have tried to press them about supporting certain causes or nar narratives. Uh, even you should appreciate that. You know what, Rick? I do, and I appreciate that email. Um, I, too, have lost interest in, in sports. I've been a lifelong uh, NFL fan, had season tickets for the New York Jets for 33 years, uh, loved baseball, uh, was never a huge basketball fan, but I did like to watch the NBA, especially in the finals. Um, but uh, I, too, with all the political stuff and even with uh, what's going on with, with the election to this day um, and the fact that people would would actually, you know, bring certain things into it and vote a certain way just because they don't like a guy um, is, is, to me, a, a form of ignorance. Um, the truth of the matter is, is that sports should not have gotten involved. Um, the NFL went over the edge, and I believe that they're suffering from it um, financially. Baseball, uh, they did the same thing. I, I didn't watch one baseball game. I'm a diehard Mets fan. Basketball, they, they created a, a big problem for themselves. Um, the truth of the matter is, is that the way the athletes, these athletes who, who like to see, say, and and do things like they are, are, are part of trying to help. They're not. And I'll tell you why. Because they're not suffering like some of the people that are trying to get equal, uh, um, you know, justice, uh, social justice, uh, you know, equal opportunities, etc. Um, you know, these athletes aren't suffering. Uh, these athletes are, you know, they're, they're getting on their private jet and going home. They, they like to do it for, for PR. Now, I'm not suggesting that some of them have come from uh, low-income uh, uh, families or, or low-income neighborhoods or whatever uh, and have pulled themselves out. But what have they done to help? You know, we talk about Mike Tyson, Don King. Everybody talks shit about Don King. But every year, Don King hands out, I don't know how many turkeys uh, to uh, underprivileged uh, families and stuff like that. So uh, I agree with Rick 100%. Uh, the uh, professional sports has, has totally went down uh, the wrong arena, a uh, wrong way, uh, for, in my opinion. And I, too, haven't watched uh, any of it. And it's, quite honestly, keeping me away from boxing. And it's not because of the boxers. It's because of the fact that there's no fans. I believe that boxing needs fans. It's the only sport that you need a fan 
to, to jack you up. Yes, football is like that too. Um, and, and baseball. Fans make the sports. Without the fans, you don't have the sports. Without the live fans, you don't have the sports. There's an energy. If you've never been to a live event, you don't understand what I'm saying. But if you have, you certainly do. Great emails. Uh, keep them coming. Feel free to drop me an email. I'll read it on this show. Uh, just email me, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. We will be doing a post-fight Danny Garcia uh, and Errol Spence Jr. There's some decent fights coming up. Anthony Joshua against Cuba Pulov, scheduled for December 12th. December 19th, the return of Canelo Alvarez fighting Callum Smith. It's an interesting fight. I'm into it. Um, also, Joseph Parker is fighting Junior Faye uh, on December 12th. Um, and uh, Nonito Donaire is back for a vacant uh, WBC title when he takes on Emmanuel Rodriguez. And uh, January 30th, Alexander Povetkin against Dillian White. The rematch, some all big fights coming up. One we may not see is Deontay Wilder against Tyson Fury. I personally think Deontay Wilder has been displaying some mental issues um they are going to arbitration uh and we'll see what happens uh but uh the latest uh accusation by deontay wilder a couple weeks ago was that uh he has accused uh tyson fury of of having his gloves doctored uh and he also felt that breland mark breland and referee kenny bayless uh were corrupt and helped uh, Tyson Fury win the fight. Um, I just want to say this. You know, Kenny Bayless, I'm not going to have a comment on him. I can't stand uh, him sometimes and, and the way he referees, but I've never thought of him as being corrupt. And I'm going to say one thing about Mark Breland. M Mark Breland is probably one of the best trainers that you don't hear about. Um, Mark Breland is a guy that was looking out for his fighter. If Deontay Wilder, and I don't know how many millions of excuses he's had to date. It was the, it was the costume. It was this. It was that. It was the tainted water that, that Breland gave him. It was loaded gloves. By I mean, come on. Um, uh, the bottom line is, Deontay, you're a piece of shit. And you're a loser. You were coddled. You never fought anybody tough. And when you did... You got beat up, not once, but twice. Let's be real. Tyson Fury beat him twice. The draw was a scam. It was a corruption. It, it, was, it was the same kind of stuff that we hate in this sport. That's how it got to a draw. Nobody in their right mind thought that Deontay Wilder even pulled out a draw in that first fight against Tyson Fury. The second fight, Tyson Fury kicked the shit out of him from one end of the ring to the other. There's no need for a third fight because the same thing is going to happen. And Deontay Wilder is just a punk. He can't accept that he lost. If he was a man, he would accept that he lost. He would fight a couple of fights and then get his shot. Nobody would argue. But to make all these excuses, no. I've always said that Deontay Wilder was a one-trick pony. And he, that one trick is extremely a, a powerful one. It's his right hand. Uh, but the rest of his skill set, nada. He has nothing. Anyway, glad you could join us. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you guys next time. Uh, tune in to our uh, uh, show when we do the uh, uh, Danny Garcia, Errol Spence Jr. post-fight show. Uh, subscribe to our podcast. Buy a copy of my book. Uh, get a copy of Adam Pollock's Jack Dempsey book. And for, for God's sake, 
go visit GourmetSpice.com and order a couple of bottles of Kenny Bears and make sure you send, tell them that Billy C. sent you. Hey, it was great being here. Make sure you tune in next time. Same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, ciao, baby.